took a drive over to our church offices around uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And when I was preparing this message, I actually saw my brother Sam over there, and he, he had left, and I went to type this message. And I'm not kidding. I'm not really an emotional guy, although I cry more in church than I ever cry anywhere else. I don't know what it is. I'm always crying up here and carrying on, but I spent 20 minutes in tears over this message, and I couldn't even type. I just spent 20 minutes in, year, in tears off the simple fact that what I'm about to tell you is true. Like, it wasn't head knowledge. It wasn't theology. It, it is true what I'm about to tell you. You know, we entered into a new decade, 2020 is a new decade, but interesting enough, 20 is double of what 10 is. And I really felt strongly in, in this season about what we're, we're doing. And when we prayed for as a church, like what our job is to prepare you for all that God has for you. That's our job. Because so many times we're not walking in purpose, not because God doesn't want to give us purpose, but because we're unprepared for the purpose that we have been called to. And so when Christina and I were praying and we were praying as a leadership team, I really felt like this year's vision, are you ready for the 2020 vision for Oasis Church? This year's vision is learning to live the lifestyle of Jesus. Uh, one person clap. <clears throat> if I said this year's vision is everybody's getting a Tesla, y'all would be like, ah! I said learning to live the lifestyle of Jesus, they're like, that's it? How's that going to help me get what God has for me? Can I tell you how? Because John chapter 1 says this about Jesus. Jesus came and he was the word made flesh. He was the walking, talking word of God. When you read your Bible, you are reading Jesus in print. This is not a book. It is Jesus manifesting himself on the pages of, this, of, the, of the Bible. And it says that the word brought life and the life brought light and the darkness could not comprehend it. Why is this important? Because much of what God has for you in this next season is in the hands of darkness. Did you hear what I just said? Deuteronomy 28, God gives a promise to people. He says, go and dispossess the land I have given you. What does that mean? That means that I have something for you, but it is in darkness' hands. You got to go get it. How can you go get something from darkness if you're dark too? So what happens is, is light has a greater capacity to hold blessings than darkness does. So then what happens is God's saying, the word became life, the life became light. That's why you can't say anymore, I got to quit my job, it's so dark. Well, turn the light on. Because what gives you light? The Word of God in you produces the lifestyle of Jesus, which, is, which produces the light, which allows you to go in dark places and dispossess all of the blessing that the kingdom of darkness contains. So you're going to, so this is what I'm saying. Why is the lifestyle of Jesus so important? Because what you're praying for in this season for God to bless you with, you got to go snatch it from the kingdom of darkness. And God would never call you somewhere that you would be like. Does that make sense? He says, I need you to be light. Light isn't an energy. Light isn't a vibe. Light is the word of God in the heart of a believer. It sheds light. Now, I love a good vibe. I've had plenty of people kill my vibe. 
I'm not saying anything wrong with a vibe. I got a lot of people killing my vibe all the time, people killing my vibe. But you ain't going to get this 2020 blessing with a vibe. You're not going to get this 20. The universe, you talk to the universe all you want to. This 2020 blessing is going to come from people who are willing to live the lifestyle of Jesus. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Trust me when I tell you this. So we're going to take a look at John 15, and, and we're going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture here, and I believe you're going to be encouraged because living the lifestyle of Jesus doesn't sound encouraging, right? Because that feels like pressure. Anybody grow up at church where they put pressure on you? You ever heard that somebody say, you know, you know, you know, oh, Earl, he ain't living right. <laughs> There's so much pressure to live right, live right. Anybody grow up at church like that? Live right. No, no, it's not about living right, and we're going to get into that. It's about what you are trying to achieve. So we're going to get into John 15 and watch, watch this, verses 1 through 11. Jesus says this, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. We serve an even more God. Let me, let me tell you something. If you're new to church, don't view God like even less. If I serve God, it's even less fun, even less provision, even less joy. No, no, no. God is a God of even more. So he prunes you so you can have even more. You got to come into 2020 believing for even more. Now, here's the good news about the even more. God is a God of increase. And there's this story in the Bible, the parable of the talents, where you know the lowest form of increase that God would allow without getting mad is double. Did you hear what I just said? The lowest level of increase in the kingdom is double. So you should be walking in double the favor, double the blessing, double the peace, double the provision. You should be chewing double mint. That's the lowest form, is double. He got mad. Watch this. The parable of talents, he said, one person got 10 times what God. He multiplied it by 10 times what God blessed him with. Another person was five times. The lowest guy on the totem pole was double. I'm telling you, this is a season for double. Even more. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because your life that you're living is the container for the blessing you desire. So God can't give you heavy blessing on a lightweight, carnal, do-it-yourself life. So he can't, it's too heavy. He, it will destroy the container. So your life is, is, is what sustains the container. We're going to get into that. He says even more. And then he says this, you've, you've already been pruned and purified by the message. So he said the disciples are pruned and ready for what God has for them through the word of God. We got to be a church that falls in love with the word. Because the word will set the foundation for what the blessing to hold the blessing that God wants to bring. And I'm not talking about a trickle. See, see, the culture would tell you to stay dripping, but that's not biblical kingdom culture. J, uh, David said in Psalm 23, my cup overflows. David did not come through dripping. He came through overflowing. With, do you hear what I'm saying? He came through overflowing. So kingdom culture is not a drip. Kingdom culture is a overflow. 
overflow. He says, I want you to overflow. And watch this. He says, you've been pruned and purified by the message. So remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch that cannot produce fruit, it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. He's saying that as a Christian or as a human, you are either a branch or a stick. The branch bears fruit. The stick is fuel. So you have an option to be either fruit or fuel. That burning is hot, by the way. Because you got too many stick qualities in your life. God will put you in the fire, right? He'll put you in the fire because there's too many stick qualities. You have a choice. I've been in the fire because I had too many stick qualities, and the fire's hot. I don't want to go back in the fire for that. That fire's hot. I'm telling you, I was light skinned in 87. <laughs> I was. I was. You look, at my, you look at my school photo, I pull a picture right now, I look like Elder Barge. Facts. <laughs> and that fire's no joke. I don't want to be fuel. I don't want to be fuel. I want to bear fruit, and not just a little bit of fruit, but much fruit, much fruit. And then he says, if you remain in me and my words in you, you can ask for anything you want, and it'll be granted. Yeah, that was good, huh? (laughs) What? Ooh, I'm about to get a Mercedes. That's not what that means. That's not what that means. It says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you can ask whatever you want because it increases the accuracy of your prayer, meaning you're praying the will of God because my word is in you. When the word is in you, you pray the will. This is not just regular prayers. Paul got a word from God and he said, hey, I got to go to Rome and all I know is that torture and, and prison await me, but I'm compelled by the Spirit. That, that is a prayer where it's like, hey, I, y'all got to pray for me. I'm about to be tortured and go to jail, but God said go, so I'm going. See, the reason why the accuracy, when the accuracy is increased, the results are increased. You, you, you pray and it, and it sharpens your, the quality of your prayers, therefore increasing the quantity of what God gives you. Oh, man, I'm starting off strong 2020 in the balcony. Did you hear what I said? If you want the quantity of answered prayer, you got to increase the quality of your prayer life. And I'm not just talking about how long you pray. I'm talking about what you pray for. You know what I've been praying? God, don't make me happy. Make me holy. That's the quality prayer. God will do that. God will do that. Right? And so he says, you you got you to you do this. My words remain in you. Then you can ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. And when you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. God wants you to produce fruit. And we live in a world where we're worried about gifts. 
I get it. You got a gift. I know you want to use your gift. But God's saying, no, I need you to bear fruit. What that means is you need to bear fruit. The Bible says fruit is so important that it says not to judge people, but it gives us permission to judge their fruit, which means if you are single, stop telling me what to do about my relationship because you have no fruit in that area. If you're broke, don't give me financial advice. You have no fruit in that area. Now go somewhere, connect yourself to God and get some fruit. Then you can talk because you got fruit, not a gift. You might have some wisdom and some knowledge, but I need to see some fruit. The kingdom is about fruit and not just a little bit of fruit, a lot of fruit. Somebody say a lot of fruit. Do you understand what I'm saying? We should just start a new church and change the name from Oasis to Fruit Salad Church. (laughs) Write that down. It's the Holy Spirit. Write that down. That's our new vision. We're changing the church, naming the church to Fruit Salad Church. That's how much fruit we got to have. And guess what's the smallest amount of fruit you're supposed to bear in 2020 according to the kingdom? Double. I feel this word so strong. If you allow the word of God to dwell in you and you would pay attention to what God is saying, not your own personal desires, then God says, I want you to bear fruit. And the minimum I'll accept is double. Jeez, double, double, double. You got to be careful because don't be disobedient because guess who else wants to give you double? The enemy wants to give you double. He wants to give you double anxiety. He wants to give you double the fear. He wants to give you double the pain. Double the discouragement. So there's a war going on in the spirit for which double you accept. Either way, by the end of the 2020, I promise you, you will experience double of something. I promise you. This is what God is doing. You will experience double of something. Double of what God wants or double what the enemy wants. You have double peace or double anxiety. You have double courage or double fear. Does anybody hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? This is going to be a year of double no matter what. No matter what. No matter what, it says when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, and so remain in my love, and when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. You actually feel loved when you obey God. It's not about making God happy. Does anybody not feel loved by God? You can't feel loved by God if you don't obey. Because you can't see what happens that, you're, that somebody gave you. Ever felt like someone gave you some really good advice and it made you feel loved when it worked? God is never going to tell you something that doesn't work. This works. If God says be generous and tithe, it works. If God says, hey, you know what, like don't do that, don't, you know, live your life, stop, stay out of the club, stop getting drunk, it works. He's not telling you that because he's mad, he's telling you because it works. It works. So he's saying, guess what? It works so much that you'll feel loved. It says, when you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain his love. I've told you these things so that you would be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will drip. No. Yes, your joy will leak. No. Your joy will overflow. You can't really talk about this verse. You really can't talk about any biblical verse without constantly going back to Genesis 1, chapters 1, 2, and 3. That's where it all went wrong. Sometimes you got to go back and look where it all went wrong. You can't start fresh. You got to go back and take a, you know, sometimes they do an autopsy of a body to see how it died. 
And some of y'all are believing for resurrection in this season, but I believe God has told me to tell you, you need to do an autopsy about how that dream died. Because you don't do an autopsy about how that dream died, then, then when he resurrects it, the enemy will come and kill it again because you didn't do an autopsy. Of if, you, if you don't do an autopsy of that last relationship that failed, you'll end up in the exact same relationship. What's the point of breaking up with Brad and Billy's around the corner that's just like Brad with more letters in his name? You got to do an autopsy. You got to investigate. How did I get so broken? How did I get so full of shame? How did I get so guilty? How did I get so discouraged? How did I get so fearful? And then you're ready for the resurrection because this time, devil, you ain't going to kill what God resurrected. Oh, I'm already preaching in 2020. I'm telling you right now, not this year. 2020 is my year of bare minimum double. Somebody shout double. I feel the spirit of the Lord right now saying, at a minimum, I'm preparing you for double. At a minimum, I'm preparing you for double. Adam and Eve were created by God. And God said something interesting before Adam and Eve were even born. He said, let us make man, let us make humanity in our image that they may be like us. So the entire, you don't have to Google your purpose. Your purpose is to be the image of God. So then God doesn't have to show up everywhere. You show up, he showed up. What did Jesus say when some of the Pharisees asked him, should we pay taxes to Caesar? He said this very profound thing. He said, who's image is on the coin. And they said, Caesar. He said, so give to Caesar what is Caesar's. The reason why they owed the money to Caesar is because the image of Caesar was on the money. The reason why you owe God your life is because the image of God is on you. So guess what? I can tell you right now, you want to live the lifestyle of Jesus? I just have to ask you this question. Whose image is on your life? The image of some celebrity, the image of somebody you're jealous of, the image of somebody you're comparing yourself to. If you're a singer in this room and the image on your life is Beyonce, good luck. But if the image of your life is Jesus Christ, you might just do more than what Beyonce did. Low key, you might do double. No, you won't. I don't even want to lie to you like that. Beyonce is one of the greatest artists of our time. I'm just trying to keep you encouraged. No Beyonce's in here. It's a joke. Come on, laugh. It's a joke. Somebody in here, yes. Okay, I'm just kidding. That was really funny. I couldn't resist. It was really funny. He said, let us make man in our image. And then he said in Genesis 1, 28, watch this. God blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply. He didn't tell him, I'm going to add to you. He said, I'm going to give you this, now multiply it. See, the world teaches you the principle of addition. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Kingdom is the principle of multiplication. I give it this to you, and if you're obedient, what's in your hand will be bigger than it was before. That's, that's multiplication. The kingdom always starts small. 
Come on, you got to stop listening to these rappers that are telling you to do it big. No, you don't do it big. You do it small with diligence and faith until you do small so long it becomes a big. You do a small thing a long time until it comes a big deal. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. So he says, he says be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. It's the calling of God on their life. And yet two chapters later, in Genesis 3, verse 6, it says, Eve and Adam, when the woman saw that the fruit that God told them not to eat, he gave them the whole garden and said, don't do this. You know how you can destroy your double? God's going to give you this whole thing, and he tells you, don't do this, and you do it anyway. I wonder if that tree was exactly 10% of the garden. Because when churches talk about tithing, giving you 10% of the income, we still eat that. And, and watch what, what, what the enemy did. God said, be fruitful. The enemy said, eat fruit. So the enemy made them consume what they were supposed to be. He, he made them consume what they were supposed to be. Why do you think we have such a consumer culture? Because the enemy knows you will binge watch Netflix for eight hours and you're supposed to be a writer. So you will consume what God has called you to be. Balcony, did you hear what I said? You better get off Netflix. There might be a creative gift on your life. And don't call it inspiration because sometimes you watch inspiration so long it turns into procrastination. Watching 50,000 dance videos and you don't dance? <laughs> Watching 50,000 workout videos and you don't work out? I can be honest, I watched PX90 one time straight through, didn't do nothing. <laughs> huh? P90X? I watched it, chilling, laid up on the couch. Like, this dude's going in. I was cheering him on. He couldn't even hear me. I was like, you, you go, yeah. Can I tell you? There are supposed to be no cheerleaders in the kingdom. Don't you cheer nothing on that God's doing. Get involved. You hear what I'm saying? He turned them from being connected to consuming. He turned them from being fruit to eating fruit. Isn't that what the enemy tries to do to you today? You come to church and you get mad based off who's preaching because you say, I want to be fed. But no, 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 no. You're supposed to be filled. The difference between a filled person and a fed person is I don't have enough word for someone who comes in here starving. But if you come in here filled with God's spirit, then I could say Christ is Lord and you feel full. Because you came in here... I just need a little bite to eat. I'm not living my life in complete sin, and now i got to get Pastor Julian to fill me up because I'm starving. You're emaciated. You actually go without a certain, you can't be emaciated in the spirit and come to church looking for a meal. you got to be filled. See, see, Adam and Eve went from being connected to being consumers. Adam and Eve went from being connected to being consumers from a life full of fruit to a mouthful. You know how much blessing your life can hold? A life full of fruit to a mouthful. 
of fruit. And then when you're too busy consuming, the enemy can silence you. You're not even supposed to talk with your mouth. It's regular culture not to talk with your mouth full. So God is silencing the word of God from coming out of your lips because your mouth is full with the devil's desires. So you know it's been ingrained in you not to say anything with a mouth full of food. But God says, I don't want you to have a mouth full of fruit. I want you to have a life full of fruit. Do you know how much fruit your life can contain compared to your mouth? So the enemy turns you to a consumer to limit what God wants to do. Because here's the thing. God had already told them be fruitful and multiply. He gave them a God dream. Anybody got a God dream? God tells you the God dream. So what did the enemy do? You got to catch this. God said, let us make man in our image that they may be like us. The devil told Adam and Eve, eat the fruit because God doesn't want you to eat the fruit because he knows you'll be like him. Same thing. Let us make man in our image that they may be like us. God just doesn't want you to eat the fruit because he knows you'll be like him. God and the devil were talking about the same thing. So how did the devil destroy Adam and Eve's life? By putting a demonic execution on a God dream. Demon methods pursuing God dreams will take the dream that God has for your life and turn it into a nightmare. The first sin was not sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It was doing God's will the devil's way. And so he twisted that. He twisted that. And now God has come, and in John 15, Jesus is trying to redeem the damage that the devil did with Adam and Eve. Because you got to remember, Adam and Eve were not following God. They were one with God. They were meant to have the relationship with God that Jesus did. And so are we. So then when Jesus showed down the earth, he started talking about being followers when he first came. But John 15, he's graduating from being followers of Jesus to being one with him, unified. Same desires, same way of thinking, same lifestyle. And there's grace in it because we're just learning. But this will produce the double you're believing for. Otherwise, you're praying for something that's going to take you out. It's going to take you out. And it's, it's part of a process. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 through 52 say this, what comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, literally the second Adam, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. So it's like we started, we all got some Adam in us, right? But then it begins a process to one become like Jesus. We start off, Right? Don't ever say, this is who I am. Say, this is who I am today. Because if you make a permanent decision on who you are today, then you, don't, you, you cut yourself off from growth, and you move from being a part of a branch to a stick. This is who I am today. But tomorrow, watch what God, God does. And he says, earthly people like the earthly man, just like now, not forever. The enemy wants to make you think that everything you do is your identity. But just as now I'm like the earthly man, I follow my earthly desires, we will someday be like the heavenly man. And, and, and he's saying, what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom. He's basically talking about a process that is very important for you to know. And we're going to go through four theological terms that is very important for you to know. And that first theological term you might have heard is called salvation. And this is the beginning of the Christian life. Salvation. I want you to write that down. It's the beginning 
of the Christian life. Some pastor might count to three, or you might go to a youth camp. I don't know when you got saved, but it's the beginning of the Christian life. And, and you're, you sin, you have forgiveness from Jesus, and welcome to salvation. That is step one. So if you raise your hands in a church, welcome to salvation, that's awesome. But there is another step, and it's called justification. And that's where God gives you credit for being righteous because of your faith. Do you hear what I, that's, a, it gives you credit for being righteous. So God calls you something, and then he teaches you to be what he already says you are. That, that's one of the things that I feel like God has shown me as a leader, is I don't want people who follow me to be what I need them to be. I need, I, I'm leading them to be what I believe them to be. You see the difference? And so he gives you righteousness for free and then teaches you. Not he gives it to you. He says, you're righteous. Now let me tell you, teach you how to be what I say you are. It would literally like you getting a job as the CEO of Google and all you've ever been is a barista and you get the job as a CEO of Google and now you're going to make 50 million and then someone comes over there and they're willing to teach you the rest of your life how to be CEO, but you get the same pay. You know how much grace is in that? You imagine if you go uh, to, a, to a car lot knowing you can put your credit score on the back of a basketball jersey? <laughs> 23, you know, you ain't even got three numbers. I think my score been a 23 before, like at least it's Michael Jordan's number. And they give you the same vehicle and the same payment and the same deal as if you had an 800. That is justification. So you got to understand salvation and you have to understand justification. And then the next process is what this whole year is about, learning to live the lifestyle of Jesus. The next process is sanctification. And I hope you're writing these down because if you do them out of order, they're deadly. Sanctification is learning to live the lifestyle of Jesus. So salvation, just the beginning of the Christian life. Justification, God giving you credit for being righteous because of your faith in Jesus. Sanctification, learning to live the lifestyle of Jesus. And then the last one is glorification going to heaven and being made perfect. Any perfectionists in here? You're out of order. Stop trying to be so perfect. Perfect is a process that is completed when you go to heaven. And so what, what, what is the real walk of the Christian? The real walk of the Christian is not waiting to go to heaven, it's bringing heaven down. It's heaven in my job, heaven in my home. I'm constantly learning how to bring pieces of heaven in every area of my life. It's not me staying on the first step of salvation and then waiting for glorification. It's those two things in between. Justification and sanctification is what prepares you for how much? At least double. So important. And then we don't have to, when people die, we don't have to say they're in a better place. Because we can bring heaven here. You can be in a better place right now. Because you can bring heaven into your life. And so then Jesus is preparing people for this great blessing of bearing fruit in John 15. And he, he starts it off by saying, I'm the true grapevine. And this is the final of Jesus' I am seven statements. He says in, in, in John 8, excuse me, John 
6, I am the bread of life. That's one. He says in John 8, I am the light of the world. He says in uh, John 10, I am the gate. I'm the way you get in. He says in John 10, again, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. He says in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then John 15, number 7, the number that represents completion, he says, I am the grapevine. I'm the grapevine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can produce even more. He wants you to bear fruit. Why do you pray so much about what God wants to do? Think about this for a second. You ever seen a grapevine believing for grapes? <laughs> Your whole prayer life is just believing for grapes. You see a grapevine going, Lord, give me grapes, give me grapes. Oh, no, 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 grapes, grapes, grapes. I pronounce grapes in my family, grapes on my vine, grapes in my house, grapes for generations, generational grapeness going on. I want some grape soda. Come on, black people. Grape, 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 grape. Grape. No. All the grapevine has to do is stay connected, and grapes will happen no matter what. And then he says, so then I prune you, right, which is the cutting away. And some of y'all need a, want a feel-good message, and you don't need a feel-good message, you need some scissors. Because the pruning is when the, garden, the gardener gently grasps the branch in its hand, that's you, and cuts away the things not that irritated. The gardener doesn't show up to the rose garden and say, oh, these roses just don't look right. No, he says, if I cut this away, there'll be more roses. If I cut this away, there'll be more. So remember, God is not pruning you because he's upset with you. He's pruning you because he knows you have more potential than what you're currently living out. Therefore, pruning is not punishment. It's the reward for growth. Because guess what? We can get our heart issues, right? And I want you to, to remember this. This is so important. Salvation is dealing with what sin has done to your heart. Pruning is often dealing with what success has done to your heart. Sheesh. You think sin will jack you up, wait till success. Success will really have you janky. Have you thinking somebody owes you something? Have you thinking God owes you something? Have you thinking everybody owes you something? Success will put so much stuff in your heart. When I was sinning, I had some heart issues, but when I start winning, boy, I, you get prideful. You hear what I'm saying? So pruning is, is, has to do with dealing with what would make you more successful. So I gotta cut it away. I gotta cut some, some things away. And then Jesus says, you know, remain in me and I will remain in you and remain in, in my love. And what does this mean? He's trying to tell us and prepare us for increase based off two principles, staying connected and staying dependent. Right? Does anybody want to be dependent on somebody else? You don't. Our culture says don't rely on anybody. You can't trust anybody. You can't be dependent. And then we try to take that into the kingdom culture. It's completely opposite in our world. Matter of fact, when you do your taxes, like you actually get financial credit for how many people that are depending on you. And they're not even called children. They're called dependents. 
But in the kingdom, you don't get financial credit. So some of you approach God like, God, I got so many people relying on me. You need to help me. I got kids. We got to, they got to go to school. They need stuff. God says, I don't care about that. I don't reward based off how many dependents you have. I reward based on how much you depend on me. So in the kingdom, you're the dependent, and then God gives you the reward for how much you depend on him. In order to be able to carry the weight of the blessing that God is bringing in 2020, you have to stay connected and you have to stay dependent. Stay connected and stay dependent. You can't church hop anymore. You can't come every once in a while anymore to church. You got to come every week because you got to stay connected. And you actually cannot stay connected to Jesus and not stay connected to the church. It's impossible. You know the Bible says you're baptized into a body? So you can't just be some severed arm walking around the street talking about God's going to bless you. You can't. You got to stay connected and you just got to stay dependent. And if you do what I'm telling you, I promise you, you're going to choose and you're going to walk into choosing whatever your double is. Because either way, it's going to be double. Either way, 2020 is going to be double. Either way, 2020 is going to be double. Double of the enemy or double of the kingdom, whatever you want. Whatever you want. And, and this, this thing that I felt like God put on my heart when I was praying last night is, is that we are ready for the lifestyle of Jesus when we graduate from visitation to habitation. Where we're not just believing for God to show up in a church service, but we want him to live in here. We want him to live. He, he lives here. He, this, is, this is his home. That's why Jesus wandered around all the three years of his ministry with no home because his home was you. His home was you. And this is not about religion. This is about preparation. And then the second thing I want you to remember is this is the year of the Holy Spirit not just moving in a church service but moving in your decisions. There's a move of God in destiny when God is controlling your decisions your decisions. And I mean, take all the decisions you make and hold them up to the light of the Word of God. And if it doesn't say that in the Word, don't say times have changed. Culture is different. It was a different time back then. Okay. You're choosing your double. You're choosing your double. And this is my job. My job is to prepare you. And I've been asking for all kind of stuff all kind of stuff. Interesting enough, I remember praying a prayer for double. It was one of the most proud, I've brought this up before. I prayed for a double portion of Philip's spirit to lead Oasis. And I think honestly, I don't think, I obviously, I'm not, I don't have the most experience. I'm, I'm probably not even the best leader, but I'm one of, maybe one of one who was bold enough to pray that prayer. I want a double portion of that guy's spirit. And then I went through all this thing of preparation, all this thing of staying connected and staying dependent because I want to be able to hold what God gives me. I don't want to buckle under the weight of blessing. 